Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. I'm Kelly, serving on the staff team here at Ebenezer. We are so glad that you joined us today. Before we get into our service, we would like you to take a few moments to let us know who's with us today. You can text the word CHURCH to our church number, 306-249-0084. Both options will take you to our mobile home screen where you can fill out a Connect card, share family updates, ask for information on our ministries, sign up to volunteer, or even send us a prayer request. Also, if you want to contribute financially to our ministry, you can do that using this app as well. Or you can text the word GIVE to our phone number, send an e-transfer, or if you're here in person, you can stop by the information desk at the coffee station in the foyer to give by debit, credit, or check. Please take the time to register so that you'll get the occasional updates and information that we send out. Now here's just a couple of announcements. Some of you may have noticed the journey wall on the hall across from our new chapel. The purpose of the journey wall is to capture significant events that have occurred within Ebenezer over the last 30 years or so that have helped to direct and shape who we are as a church family. Understanding where we've been and who we are is very important as this will help direct us as we move through the leadership transition that's before us. So if you're here in person, please pick up one of the journey wall memory forms that are on the table by the journey wall, fill it out and return it to the office. This can also be filled out electronically and can be accessed at ebenezer.ca backslash journeywall. Every contribution is important, so please take the time to share your significant event or memory. On April 3rd, we'll be holding a baptism class as well as a newcomer welcome, so please put those on your calendar and watch for more details. And lastly, as a staff, we have been so blessed by several of our board members who brought fantastic homemade breakfasts to our staff meetings throughout the month of February. We want to thank you to the Johnsons, to the McCulloughs, the Bruins, and the Reeds. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Yeah, good morning. And also the children can leave for a rush right now if they, if they would, please. <clears throat> so uh, last week uh, we began a mini-series on uh, the focus on the spiritual family. And uh, I talked about the importance of spiritual family last week and also the characteristics of spiritual family, of how we stay together uh, as the people of God. Uh, today we're going to focus on our extended family and we're going to look at the mutual value that we bring to each other. And so each of the men that are going to come up and share today are, are people that are pastors within our movement. I'll talk about that in a second. But I want to say also that they're, they're personal friends of mine and I have the privilege of meeting with them uh, every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. we gather and we pray together and we talk about ministry things. And uh, they have encouraged and challenged and, and blessed me. And that's why I've asked them to be here today. So Ebenezer, for those of you who are new to us, uh, we are blessed to have four partner congregations. So we have the Arab Church of Saskatoon, and we have the Bhutanese Eternal Life Church. And both those churches uh, meet here on Sunday mornings. And so if you were to walk out of the room right now, and you were to go over to the chapel or to the meeting room, that's where the... Uh, that's where the Nepali church meets and the Arab church meets. And if you stand in the right place in the hallway, you can actually hear worship happening in three different languages at the same time. It's quite remarkable. 
And these churches are, are independent in that they, they form their own congregations and they lead themselves, but they're underneath us, both prayer-wise and also underneath this roof. We also have the Saskatoon uh, Vision Korean Church that meets here on Sunday afternoons at 3 p.m. and House for All Nations Church that meets uh, on the west side that is part of us. And then we also have strong connections with the Ukrainian community through, through Pastor Vitelli and, and the Intersection Church that was here. Uh, and I just wanted to, to say that we stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine today. And we, we stand against evil as all people should. And so this, this last week we had a time of prayer together on Thursday, I think it was Thursday night, and we had many people from the Ukrainian community come here. I was part of that. I was, I was uh, personally moved by, by just the raw uh, reality and emotion. Most of our friends have family that are, was fleeing Ukraine. And uh, it was, it was a, a very emotional time for, for them. And some of the, the people that were here hadn't slept in 24 hours because they're just hearing from their people. So, you know, sometimes I think we're here and we think it doesn't really impact us. It should impact us at, at, a, at a deep level in our hearts. And so would you be praying for those that you know? And even, uh, I just want to mention this, that we had a call from one of the families just saying, uh, this might sound weird, but, but we've been so broken and, and lost and concerned here that, that is there someone that might even bring us a meal? You know, just, just little things that we, we do, because, you know, just think if your family was somewhere else, how would, how would you want people to respond? So if you know people that are part of that Ukrainian community, uh, let, let's come alongside. And, and we also are praying for the people of Russia. There are many godly people that live there, and this is something that we're, that we're concerned about. Okay, I'm done talking about that. Uh, this morning, you're going to hear from three of our, our pastors, and I've asked them to share uh, their vision for ministry uh, and how God um, is, is bringing that, that vision about in their lives. And uh, I'll, I'll probably talk about more about this later, but in, in my view, this last two years, the church, and I'm talking about not just Ebenezer, but the church in North America, has, has lost some of its vision, vision for ministry, and we've been distracted by the pandemic. And, and we need, and God needs to stir in us a vision for ministry and for his kingdom that's greater than ours. And this is where I've been encouraged and challenged by these pastors. So I'm going to have Pastor Shaddy uh, beside me. He's going to come up and he's going to bring kind of the main message and connect it to some other things that's happening in their community. Uh, Pastor Shaddy is part of the Arab church. Then I'm going to have Pastor Spencer. Uh, Spencer, you want to just stand up just quickly so we can see who you are. And he's part of House for All Nations. He's going to be sharing next. And then we have Pastor Ramesh. And Pastor Ramesh is part of the Eternal Life um, Church within Nepali and Bhutanese people. Okay, so before Shadi comes, let me just pray for you. So, Father, uh, I pray for a few things. I pray that you would open our ears today, that we might be able to hear your word with, from a new, fresh perspective. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes and that you would give us a vision, not just a vision of, of some partner congregations, but a vision for us today of how we can reach our world and our neighbors and our friends. And I pray, God, that you would give us a spirit of unity, that as we gather together, we, we have a sense that we're in this together, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, that we lock arms together and we serve you for your purposes. 
And thank you that you've gifted us differently. Thank you that we come from different backgrounds and different nations and that together we can do something great for you. And so, God, would you inspire us and challenge us today? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, it's not a good start, but good morning again. <laughs> you know, in the Arabic culture, if I say good morning and the other part didn't say anything, that means he's, he, he doesn't like me. But I don't think that's the way here. But uh, uh, I know some of you will be saying now, oh, this is the guy who keeps walking the stage. Yes, that's me. But uh, in the first uh, service, I was not able, but Chris told me now that I can walk on the stage. Because uh, I think when I walk, it just I breathe some of my anxiety and, you know, fear. So it's not because anything else. Uh, today I will be sharing a, a passage from Scripture from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. This is something that the Lord spoke to me directly uh, through this, these passages. And uh, before that, I will just give a preview about that, these verses that I will be sharing from. These verses are like the summary of what's happening before in the, in the first almost nine chapters of the book of or the Gospel of Matthew. And then it's a preparation of what will be happening uh, later on. So we read in the Gospel of Matthew about the, you know, the genealogy of the Lord Jesus, how he's connected to King David and to Abraham. And then, you know, the, uh, the Christmas story, how the wise men came to visit the Lord Jesus and then the family running away uh, to Egypt. And we have a lovely family from Egypt here with us. And uh, also the chapter 4, it's about the baptism of the Lord Jesus and uh, the start of the ministry. And chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, on the mountain, which is uh, one of the most beautiful things that you read. Even many Muslims told me that this is one of the best things that you never find in any other books. But then chapter 8 and 9 is like with Jesus is healing, mainly a healing ministry. And then we read in, in uh, chapter 9, verse 35, I will read from the King James. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said, and I think this is the most important part of, the, of that passage, the word then. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The Lord Jesus started his ministry teaching, preaching the kingdom of God and healing, and crowds started coming after him from every part for many reasons. And here it says that when he saw these multitudes, when he saw these multitudes, he was moved by compassion. But why? Because they were weary and scattered. They were, they were helpless and despair. And if I ask you today, do we, need, do we know people around us in our lives and communities and neighborhoods and even in our families 
who are in despair, who are weary, who are helpless. Do you know someone? Raise your hand if you know someone. Yeah, I think most of us know someone. And maybe most of us here are also weary and scattered and helpless. The Lord Jesus saw the multitudes. He saw those people. And that's one of the things that I want to challenge you today, is when we look at the people around us, are we just seeing people in our community? Or are we seeing them as God sees them? He sees them as weary and scattered, sheep without a shepherd. You know, in the book of Isaiah 53, it says that we are all like sheep that we went astray. And that's the humankind story. We are going astray and we are helpless. But do we see the people as that? Most of the times we think that preaching the gospel will be best when the things are good, when we are living our normal lives, when there are no bad news, when, when we, are, we have no problems either health-wise health or financially or any other problem. And even the Apostle Paul told Timothy in his first letter that he pray that we will have a peaceful and quiet life because God desires that all people to be saved. But even he wrote these things when they were under uh, a very aggressive regimen from Rome. And now we are living in the same situation. Again and again, people around us even more and more are scattered and weary, but do we see them like what, how God sees them? But then it says that Jesus moved. He moved with compassion. And I was looking at this word, moved with compassion. It's one word in the Greek. It says something like splachnit zumai. Splachnit zumai. And I read that this word is not was not used outside of the gospel. It was used 12 times in the gospels, 11 about the Lord Jesus. You know, there are many Greek words that they could have used. Like there's a word for showing kindness, just showing kindness. Because you are kind, you show kindness. Whether the other person deserves it or no, you are showing kindness. There is a word for that. But there's a word that you feel sorry and you feel pity for them, for something they are going through. But also there's a word that you try to help them with their suffering. But this word is unique. It means, literally means, your inwards are moving outside. Your inwards are moving toward that. It looks when the Lord Jesus felt the need of the people around him, his expressions may be changed. Not just something hidden, but there is something on him that changed. That's why the gospel writers, most probably, they invented this word that you cannot find in any Greek writings. Splach nizumai, moved with compassion. And this is the second step, not just seeing that people around us are weary and scattered, but then we are moving with compassion and how we meet the needs in our communities. This is a big task for everybody. How we reach the needs in our communities. Then the Lord Jesus says, 
pray for the Lord of Harvest, sorry, pray for the Lord of Harvest to come and send laborers to his harvest. And there is a very important point that I want to make here. When the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, pray to the Lord of Harvest to send laborers into his harvest, who were the laborers? They were those disciples around him. So when we say, or when we hear the Lord Jesus telling us, pray for the Lord of harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Most of the time we are thinking of bringing someone from outside to come and do the job. But actually, this is what the Lord Jesus meant. Because in chapter 10, right after these passages, he called his disciples and then he sent them. So when we see the compassion, when we see the need in our communities and we move with compassion, do we just wait for someone to come and help those people are in need? Or do we rise and do the job? I think from my own experience that there is no heartwarming, you know, life-satisfying thing as sharing with others, as sharing the needs that the other had as coming along others and walking with them. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 10, chapter, uh, Matthew 10, verse 39, he says, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Are we finding our life, or are we wasting our life for him? This is the challenge. Few weeks ago, I was really like in a crying to the Lord because I felt that many people are calling me, expecting me to help either inside our community or even outside from people outside who are calling me to help with like refugees with sponsorship or people who are here who are asking for help with filling applications or even doctor appointments or a driving test or many things. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, did you call me for that? But then I was reading in January through the Gospel of Matthew. And it's the first time that these verses light in front of me when he says, then he said to his disciples. When? When he saw the needs of the people around him. And what did he say? That the harvest is plentiful. This is amazing. This is amazing. That means in our time now, the harvest is plentiful. I hope that you come out from this meeting and you know that the harvest is plentiful. But he said, pray to the Lord of harvest. You know, seeing uh, and having compassion will require an action, a move, a step. I cannot say that I walk with God and there is nothing in you in my life. And there is no new step that I am taking. That's not the way. If I want to walk with God, I need to take extraordinary steps. Steps that sometimes are unusual to me. And I'm really happy that I'm seeing along of 
a lot, a lot of young faces here, the young generation. They, that, this inspires me. Because I'm praying that those young generation, many of them will come and rise and serve the Lord in their community and in this great country. If I want to walk with God in a new level, I need to make changes. And this is what the Lord Jesus is asking us to do. He saw the needs and he was moved with compassion and then he sent his disciples. He sent his disciples. You know, in Isaiah 6, when the Isaiah the prophet saw the glory of the Lord Jesus, he said, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. I'm praying that many of us today will say, here I am, Lord. Send me. You know, the best example of the one who was sent is the Lord Jesus. In Philippians 2, verses 6 to 8, it says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point, to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Lord Jesus saw the need and he did something. He became flesh and dwelt among us. This is one of the most amazing verses that I love because I love to speak about the Trinity. And these verses teach that Jesus pre-existed before he was incarnated. He is the Son of God that he's eternal and he pre-existed. And when we speak with Muslims, this is a very important point or point of difference that we have about Jesus. You know, in different parts of the world, Jesus is just another God or son of God. That's okay. But for a Muslim, this is completely a blasphemy for them. So even to speak with them, you need to build this bridge of trust that I, I call it, bridge of trust. He needs to trust that he can come and speak with you about these things, about questions that he has about even his faith that he cannot ask in the Middle East about Quran and the Prophet Muhammad. He will not ask these questions unless he trusts you. That's why we need to build the bridge of trust with them. That's why I'm thinking of doing this Arab welcome center where people can come and, you know, build these bridges with tr of trust with them. And then along the way, we tell them about the Lord Jesus. And this is one of the passions that I have to do, I want to do also in the city. We need to know that the results are only through God. This is his harvest. Without him, we can do nothing. Says, he says, Pray to the Lord of harvest to send laborers into his harvest. And harvest season in the agriculture, this is the last season. It's the end of all seasons. But the end is not the end. In the Bible, the end doesn't always mean a full stop, an ending. Most of the time, it, it means reaching the climax, reaching 
the purpose of everything, where every event in history, what we are going through now, will make sense in that time. Because he is coming soon. I'm praying that today you will be hearing God telling you, not just to pray that people will come and join the harvest or get the harvest, but that you will go and join the harvest. The Lord Jesus doesn't need us. The Lord Jesus doesn't need us. But it's our privilege and it's our honor that we can come and partner with him in his work. This is what gives us a meaning in our life. There is no other, I think, eternal meaning than just serving the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. So he's expecting more than just praying to bring in more workers. He is inviting you. Invite you maybe to come along one of the families that they are going through tough times and walking with them. Maybe for a few times, one year, two years, sharing your life with them and build this bridge of trust and love with them. Maybe reaching to our neighbors and see the needs that they have. But if we don't know the neighbor, we will not know his need. That's why we need to come and see him, how God sees him, and then move with compassion to him. Maybe build a bridge of trust with people who, are, who lost the trust in the church or in God. And this is a long, long way, but it needs to start moving or start working it now. Maybe helping us bring a family. Now we are planning to bring a Syrian family from Lebanon, Syrian refugees family. We brought as an Arabic church two families so far, one Iraqi family from Turkey and one Iraqi family was in Jordan. And now we are planning to bring a Christian family who is in, in Lebanon. But the issue is that the United Nations doesn't give uh, uh, refugee status for Syrians in Lebanon. So the way is a little bit complicated. So I need the help of Ebenezer in this, and I hope that you can help with that. And if you are interested, talk to me after the, the meeting or send me an email or a message. So this is the message that I, I'm sending today to you. God is asking you to pray for the Lord of Harvest, to the Lord of Harvest to bring laborers, but he's not asking for people from outside to come. He's inviting you and me. He wants you and me. And everyone, when we raise our hands, we have people around us who are in need, who are weary, who are scattered. And I am praying today that you will share your life with them and you build this bridge of trust and love with them. God bless you. And I will ask Pastor Spencer and Pastor Ramesh to come and share with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity and the, and the honor and the, the privilege that I have to share with you. So I'm pastoring the, the Church of the House for All Nations on the west side of the city. And it's a unique challenge because our church is in the, in the hood area. And um, even before COVID, we would go out on Saturdays or weekends and, and walk around in the parks and invite people to come to the church. 
But people would be very, very weary about this invitation. So either they would say, no, they're not interested, or they've got their own church. But it was a challenge to try and get people from the outside to come and visit our church. And our heart, and one of the things we really feel God has called us to do, is to be the salt and light in our community, to be able to share the love of Jesus with people around us. But it's not easy when people are not coming into the church. And so we started to pray long before COVID. Lord, give us a unique strategy on how to bring people into our church. That was why we had those concerts in the park. We had outreaches in in all those ways, giving out little pamphlets and brochures. And then COVID happened. And instead of it the, 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 the big struggle that COVID was and still is, the Lord allowed COVID to become a unique strategy for our little church to be able to start reaching out to our community. So when COVID was at its worst, places like the Lighthouse, um, the Bridge, and, all, and some other city or, or government-run institutions that help the homeless or the people in the street, they all went into lockdown and into quarantine. So the people from that were in the street, especially during the winter time, they, they couldn't use that as a refuge anymore. So we were, uh, we were asked, um, actually Caitlin Siegelkow from Servant Partners came to us and said there's this unique opportunity for us to partner together so that we can see how we can reach out to our community. And so we were, we were uh, 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 with Pastor Brian, who did an amazing job, did some applications for us so that we could partner with, with the federal government, actually, to become a drop-in center. And this drop-in center meant that we were then opening up the, the, the doors of our church during the week, from a Monday to a Friday, from 9.30 to 4.30 or 4, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, for anyone that wanted to come out of the cold, out of the street, to come into our church. And we, 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 we gave them an opportunity to come and sit and to just relax, to have a cup of coffee, to have a small snack. Some of the ladies that are working in our church right now, it's an incredible story. We've, we're being funded by the federal government for 13 ladies in our community to work there. Seven of them are from our church. And when they are working in that, that, that drop-in center, the love and the compassion that they have for Jesus is drawing people to know him. So we have a very, uh, uh, we have a hat that we have to wear as the House for All Nations, but we also have to wear the hat for the, the, the federal government side. So we have to walk that narrow line where we are not going to be hitting the people over their heads with the Bible, but we also want to let them know that it's because of Jesus that we are there. It is because of his compassion and love for them we're doing what we are doing. And so what we've done is we have a small table that I have started, I reached out to the Gideons, and they started giving us Bibles, and up to date, We've given out more than 400 Bibles that we just put on the table with some brochures and some other small New Testaments, and those Bibles are disappearing every single day from that table. Every single day. We've, we've had more than a 1,000 people pass through our doors that would not have come to our church 
if it wasn't because of this opportunity that God has given us in the midst of a huge challenge that COVID is. And so I am convinced that we are going to see people in heaven one day because they were able to take a Bible off that table or a, or a small New Testament. Those, those Bibles are disappearing. We are not forcing anything on anyone. People have got this drawn a desire to want to know who Jesus is. They pick up those Bibles. Who knows where they are going into the community? What, what homes those Bibles are visiting? And people are opening them up. And God promised his, his uh, word would not return void. And I am sure we are going to still see some stories. And an amazing thing is because people didn't really know that we were a church in that context. So now more than a thousand people are coming in there and they now know that this is a church. So we have got a spill over from that weekly uh, drop-in center. People are starting to come to our church services on a Sunday. We have a, a prayer meeting on Friday evenings at 7 and many times people pass the, the church and they come in thinking that this is still the drop-in center. And there we are, a, a group of people busy praying. Some of them make a U-turn and they try and they, they leave immediately. But many of them stay. And as we start praying, because we pray for our community, we pray for the families, we pray for the hurting that are around us. Because I promise you... Um, there's a part, a, a community, a, a part of Saskatoon that very, very few people know. I can say that because I didn't know that. I didn't see what is really going on in the apartment blocks on the, on this, on the outskirts of our town on the west side where people are using drugs, where people are uh, stuck in all kinds of depression, darkness around their souls. There is a huge cry in our city for the love of Jesus Christ. And so when those people come in, as much as they had no plan to be there, God had a plan with their life. And as they hear we pray, and as we cry out to God for, for, the, for their souls, they stay and they start praying with us. And some of them have even prayed for us. And so God has used this amazing opportunity where where, where, where it was a challenge and God has just completely changed it into this wonderful, wonderful door that is opened into our community. And I just want to say thank you that God, many years even before my family was here, laid on this church's heart that there is a little church that must be opened on the west side of the city because there are people crying out in this town to know Jesus and that he would set them free from their bondages, from the hopelessness that is so prevalent in our city. I have never in my life as a missionary seen a, a, a country or a town or an area where people are struggling so much inside with dark depression and with a need to be set free so that they can find the lover of their souls. And it is such an honor and a privilege to be part of Ebenezer and the work that we are doing at, at the House for All Nations. So thank you so much that I could share this message.
Hello, good morning. Uh, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Ramesh Tamang. So uh, I am the leading Nepalisters here in Saskatoon since 2013. So it's my Greatest honor and privilege to be here. So I would like to thank you, Pastor Layton and Ebenezer family for giving me this opportunity to share what God has done in my life and in my ministry. So when God gave me a vision to establish his church in this city and to reach out the Nepalese people in this city, to, to fulfill this vision, there are so many people who got connected with me, such as Pastor Rick, Ruth, Pastor Justin, and Shirley, Bob and Kathy, and Martin, and there are, still there are so many other people. And through these people, I get connected with Pastor Layton and the Avenues of Family. So with the help of, with the support of this church, I have been doing uh, so many things in my ministry. We serve so many people. We save so many souls in, during this period of time. Even lately, we still got call from our people because there are so many people, vulnerable people who can't speak English perfectly or have driving problem or some alcoholism also there sometimes people uh, right now we are taking caring one family in our community though they are not a christian but they are a hindu family so they have a big problem big issue with alcoholism and their daughter is suffering with distracted with the evil spirit so we go there once in a while and help them and we also some, uh, invite them to come to our church so that's how we are working, because God opened the door for us to reach out. And last month, I got a call from one of the Buddhist family. He was inviting me to come and pray, because he has been suffering uh, some problem in his house. And he invited me and my church family so we, we, we went there and we sang a couple songs and I preached the gospel. On that day, like, he also invited other non-believer people as well. So they were listening very carefully. So it was a wonderful time for us to share the gospel. So beside this, I also do share uh, the faith or the gospel in my workplace as well. I've been working uh, since last six years in Warren Metals. So there's my, one of my coworker, he told me one time, I don't like to go to church. I said, why? And he told me like, I don't like that pastor. And I said to him like, you have to go because you have to forgive him. And I said, I don't feel sorry to say these things. And I, I asked him, and, and, and he did. And, and one Monday, he, when, he, when we go, to back, go back to work, and he said to me, yeah, I went it, and it was good. So you have to go all the time. I told him, and he is going every Sunday now. So 
And recently, one of uh, uh, we in our company, one uh, we hire another new guy, and and he knew that like I am a Christian guy, so he told me like I really want to know about the Baptists. I hate Catholicism. I I am from Catholicism. So what is the difference? He told me, and I said to him, I really I can't answer that. Like I have never been to Catholic church, and I I don't practice that. So I said I can't tell you what is Catholicism exactly, but if you really want to know something about Baptist church, I can connect with you because there are so many programs here. I I gave the church uh, website to him. I hope maybe someday he will be here. So. And beside this, uh, God has opened an opportunity for us, like during this pandemic season. We, uh, I also do ministering in, in, in out of our country as well, like in Bhutan, in India, in Nepal. So through the Zoom or through the messenger or whatever, we have the facility. So this is how the God has been helping me to uh, connect with the people who are lost and who are broken. And recently, I just want to uh, mention one thing, God, what the God had put in my heart. He put uh, in my heart to develop or to establish the prayer warriors. And he spoke to me with the Bible verse, Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Exactly what the pastor said, he has spoken right uh, before. And God told me to, like, He is waiting for us to work, to pray for the people, because there are so many people who are broken, and, and we can reach to them. It's our responsibility to take, to, to reach out to those who are broken or lost people. So one of, uh, one of my professors, uh, he is saying one time, and one small quote like this, uh, the kingdom of God is much bigger than just pastoring. So there are so many ways we can serve in his kingdom. So I would like to encourage each one of us here to reach out, there are so many people they are needed right at, during this situation. So let's help them or let's uh, pray for them and reach out to bring to the lost in the kingdom of God. So lastly, I want to request you, please keep continue praying for my ministry and my church as well. And thank you very much. God bless you all. Yeah, thank you very, very much, everyone. Uh, Chad, can you come up, please, with the worship team? <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly how you responded as you heard some of these words, but uh, again, when I hear them, I'm both, I'm, I'm encouraged, I am challenged, I'm convicted, I'm inspired, all these different things that are happening. And uh, it, it's always a blessing to hear these men. Uh, for, Pastor, for Pastor Ramesh, uh, I'm not sure if you fully caught this, but uh, when I talked to him about his vision, 
his vision is to reach every single Nepalese, Bhutanese person in Saskatoon. And God has opened doors for their church family to do that. That's a huge vision to be able to do that. Uh, for, for, Pastor, uh, for, for Pastor Spencer, uh, your stories are, are inspiring and how, how God has, has allowed you to be salt and light in your community. What he didn't share in this service that he shared last service is that there's two, two fellows that have come out, out of that brokenness, uh, Wesley and, and Reg, I think is their names. And uh, they are like these wonderful witnesses and to the point where they have to actually tone them down, you know, passing up Bibles and encouraging. One time they even started singing uh, scripture songs and, and hymns and people joined around them. It was amazing. And uh, when he talks about their community being a buzz, that's true. I went there just uh, maybe a month ago to, with, uh, to sign a lease agreement with, with the group. And I walked into the drop-in center and I felt like Norm off of Cheers, if you know that, that show. He is also, everybody, they, they all knew my name because they've seen me up front. They've been to our Christmas programs. And they're, are you Pastor Layton? And they're coming around and gathering me and sharing stories. And it, it was just amazing. And, and there's a buzz happening there. And we're, we're privileged to be part of that. And, and Shadi's uh, uh, word and encouragement and vision is inspiring. And again, I don't know if you caught all of it, but God's put in his heart to start a community center. Uh, to be able to be that third space where people can come and they can, they can uh, not just a church and not just government, but to come and to explore faith. And, and uh, that's going to take all of us together. And uh, Shadi didn't share this uh, the second service, but he did share first service uh, of, of a time where, you know, he's well known in the Arab community. And so people seek him out and they'll start talking to him about the gospel. And as long as it's just one-on-one, they'll open up and they'll share and so he can be with one person, we'll call it person A, and talking, and they'll talk to him. And then another time he could be with person B, and he could be talking about the faith. But if person A and B happen to see each other in Tim Hortons and Shaddy's there, they'll attack Shaddy because they want to save face uh, about who they are. They can't really express their desire, and yet th- th- there's something deeply um, long, a longing inside about this. And so one of the ways that we can contribute to the Friendship Center, Community Center, is by, uh, not just financially, it's by coming alongside and adopting a family and walking alongside them for a year or two years and, and, and being those people that they can share and ask questions about. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for us. And so in this season, we need to realize, as Shadi said, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And this is a time for us again to rise up, that God's calling us to be the workers in his harvest field. And we want to cheer on our pastors that are doing this, but we want to cheer each other on because we want to be part of this together. So just remain standing for closing prayer, please. And just before I pray, just a couple of things I want to mention. Our staff team is heading off to us to a staff um, planning week uh, this week. And so if you would pray for us, we would appreciate that very much. Um, and second thing, uh, we have been working hard behind the scenes to be able to um, find our next uh, youth ministry people. And so we're, we're very close to making an announcement on that. And so in the next couple of weeks, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to do that for you and update you as a church family as well. So let's pray together. So Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for our pastors um, who love and serve you. Uh, thank you that you're a God who uses us in our different giftings with our different languages, different cultures, different backgrounds to reach the world for you. And so God, help us to be 
partners together in this, that we would understand and, and understand our role and our place, that we might see your name be glorified and that people will come to know you. And so may the Lord make you increase and abound in your love for one another and for all, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all saints. And so, Father, guide us as we go from here. Let us go with your power and your presence and your peace and help us to remember that we are your, your workers and we want to be your servants to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.